and delays with me and my brain deciding to be a clean freak. Stefan is joined by his little cotton ball of a cat, which is sort of pouring at his arm at the minute. I'm not hosting today, she is. Yeah, she's decided she's going to be a uh, host today. Stop. Although she is, she does seem highly entertained just scratching into your jacket there, into yeah. your woolly thing. It's all soft and woolly, so she likes to pat on it. It's adorable. Um, I <laughs> I was not going to do video, but since me and Stefan are both lounging, we've decided to screw it. Uh, I am just in a good dressing gown. Part of the delay is because of the dressing gown, because my clean freak of a mind decided, just randomly, no dirty shower. <laughs> so I've ended up being in the shower for like the second or third time today, just because my brain went, nope, unclean, unclean, unclean. So I had to go in the shower. Really annoying. <sighs> you could look up, you know, Lily, if you want to see it. <laughs> hey Lily you just get so you look further down every once in a while and then just look down yeah. just stiffed up hard see what little shuttle bug right uh, and, but yes the other delay other than the cat that is being adorable is was the um blah, 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 the wind that is ravaging the country oh uh, do you know what we get this show all the time Half the northeast blew over in the last storm, and no one gave a shit. But oh my god, there's some wind in London, and it might I know. snow. It's Everyone so get that all over the news. I do love how, like, I was listening to a radio station on the way home from work. I'm not going to mention the radio station, but I was listening to a radio station that I enjoy fully, and Stefan probably knows said station. Uh, mm. That that uh, that had a a call in from a. Uh, I don't know if he was an air controller or a pilot or just someone who works in an airport. But basically, they asked him, like, so how do you think the pilots are dealing with this? And, like, do you think they're struggling? And the response was overwhelmingly British. Because the response was simply, we are reveling in the chance to to, uh, get in practice in these conditions and ensure that we can fly these planes. We, uh, We are... In fully enjoying the fact that we get to do what we trained for in the simulations and have never been able to do before, and every every landing is like a little success and celebration. So I believe the pilots are reveling in the challenge. <laughs> How British, British is that? Response. There's hundreds of people in danger in the sky. Yes, but I've got this. Don't worry. <laughs> I like a challenge. I do have. I, do you know what? Since you linked into British. I don't mean to hijack your podcast, but I do have... I, have a... I mean, you are here to hijack. Excuse me. This is making my job very difficult right now. Can you just... Ooh, Go on. Jordan's appeared. Hey, Jordan. Go on. Go on. Thank you. Okay, I'll sit there. I have the most British invasion ever. The cat is hijacking. It's also doing the most British invasion ever of just being annoying in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not actually causing any damage, just irritating the locals. Yep. Uh, I do have the most British invasion ever, though. So, um, do, 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 where, where do I, right, so, it's basically World War Two. Yeah. Right. right, when you say basically World War Two, do you mean it happened no, in World War Two? Yeah, it, 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 um, this is the start of the kind of background into it. It's World War Two. Okay. So, as we know, uh, the Nazis kind of wandered into Poland. Uh, kind of wandered into Poland. Yeah. Sort of and how then, Russia is kind of wandering into Ukraine. A little bit, but, you know, quicker. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they also went on and occupied Denmark and Norway. Right, uh, and they needed iron ore to keep up military production, uh, and obviously wanted to get uh, towards Sweden, Denmark, Norway, that kind of thing. Um, now, controlling Norway, and your thing is doing the echoey thing, by the way. Um, controlling Norway gave Germany access to the North Atlantic. Right. So right. It, it was the sea route that was vital to our supply chain. Yeah. Right. So, from a military standpoint, basically the next smart move for anybody would be to grab a little island if there was in the middle of the Atlantic and maybe turn it into a base camp. Of so, course. To Iceland. 
said, is, I thought you were about to say, said Little Island, Britain. No, no. There were, obviously, they were, they, they, we were worried, right? So basically, Iceland were neutral. We As went, always. we went, you know, Germany's coming over here and they're probably going to invade you. So do you not want to like side with us and we can send a load of troops over and we can help defend you and you can be in it as part of the allies? And they were like, no, we're neutral. Right. So Germany they, doesn't like neutral. Yeah. Well, this is where this, this, this invasion is so British. It's, it's going to hurt your head. Right. So basically, um, they said, no, you're not coming over here. We're staying neutral. We're not joining you. But obviously, we were worried. Right, Germany takes them, and they're quite close to us. That's a problem. So, yes. to Iceland. The British are going to invade Iceland. Are you ready? Now, How do we invade Iceland? One important thing to think of in the Arctic Circle is how the sun works. So, at the North Pole, for example, there is six months of sun and then six months of night. Yes? Yeah. So it's not as bad as that, but there are months where it doesn't get dark. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so the darkest day of the year is December the 21st. From then on, the days get longer again. By February, the day is extended by seven minutes per day. And by March, right, uh, there's hardly any at all. By April, the northern lights, you can't even be seen in the evenings. And birds arrive from their winter whereabouts. And May provides absolutely no darkness. Okay? I'm sorry, but your cat is shuffling around just so much. And at the minute, it looks like it's on a treadmill. I know. <laughs> Anybody listening, <laughs> come and find the recording. It should be on Facebook, um, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Honestly, just come and watch just, just Stefan's doing... adorable cat. He's just doing a shuttle bug on his arm. <laughs> She's just standing on my arm. She's <laughs> purring as well. She's quite content. Bless her. Yeah, so by um, by me, there was absolutely no darkness. Right? Yes, it is just sun constantly. So we thought we will go at night. So the, the the pretense of this invasion was we decided not to alert them because we thought if we say, right, we're coming over, they're just going to go, no, you're not. We've told you, we're neutral. So we thought we'd invade and kind of impose ourselves upon them so as to not give it up to Germany, basically. So right. we're going to go at night. So May in May, there's no darkness. So the British Army invaded Reykjavik at 5 a.m. on a Friday in May. So it was completely light, even though we went at 5 in the morning. Uh, yep. <laughs> I'll mute my mic. Fuck it. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, the mission was dubbed Operation Fork. <laughs> um, and it was meant to be a surprise to Iceland. Um, so when we arrived, we shut the lights off on the ship. Like that would make any fucking difference when there's a massive battleship coming in and daylight, basically. Yeah. Um, but when four warships sailed at the harbour, so this is the thing as well. I also read somewhere that we sta- was we staggered it, so we sent one warship, waited half an hour, sent another one, waited half an hour, sent another one, so that when we sent, I think it was like three thousand troops or something, they were going to arrive in a couple of hundred at a time at this little port. So, so Reykjavik, like the I- sneak attack. yeah, the idea was most people would be asleep. The, this little port would only have a few people there, so it'd be fine. Would land with a few people, they'd wander off, and then about twenty minutes later, some more, and then. Unless somebody was there constantly and realised, fuck me, this is the fourth time that a ship's landed and let this many people off, then they wouldn't really think there's that many people there. Yeah. But there was a problem, and they all got delayed, so all four arrived at the same time. (laughs) Which was immediately obvious that there was something going on, because there was 3,000 people. (laughs) Yeah. So, so far, we're zero for two. We're trying to go at night in small groups, and we turned up in one massive group in the middle, basically in daylight. Yep. But it gets better. Uh, there was a plane, right, on one of the boats, who we set off, right, and the pilot had strict strict instructions, do not fly over Reykjavik. The The thing was, they wanted the plane to fly over, check for any subs, because obviously if there was any U-boats, it would be a massive problem. Yeah. Right? So he was to set off, he was to patrol the waters, or to have a look around the waters to check it was clear, and then land again. He was under strict instructions not to fly over Reykjavik. 
typical scouting mission. Yeah. Yes. But he was a British pilot. So he might flew right over. He took over he took off and flew straight over Reykjavik, then flew back, then flew back again, then flew back again, very low and woke everybody up. Of course. So he went over four times low. <laughs> four times low, sound bombing everybody in the fucking area. Yeah. So so far it's going well. So it says the convoy first passed the Reykjavik Peninsula, uh, the Butchev Corner, uh, with fishermen in uh, Keflavik noticing the unusual convoy. But it was the middle of the night. Uh, thank you. Um, and they <laughs> didn't, didn't see a reason to notify the authorities because Iceland had nothing to do with the war. They just thought those guys must be headed somewhere else. So, so they saw people land on the fucking shores. No, no, they saw them come in. They saw them come around the, the peninsula. Of course. Uh, Britain, for its part, had not taken into consideration that the ships would arrive on a public holiday and a payday for fishermen when a good number were awake in the middle of the night drinking and dancing. Uh, why not? <laughs> so, so far, it's broad daylight, we're all turned up at once, and it's a public holiday, so everybody's at the show getting pissed. <laughs> yeah. So, again, a zero public holiday and a payday. Yeah, and, just, and we've had an airplane bomb around yeah. just to wake up anybody that was asleep. Yeah, just just to make sure no one's asleep. So when a good number were awake in the middle of the yeah. So police and taxi drivers on drunk at duty were the first to spot ships on the horizon. One, then two, then three, then four great warships, whether British or German, nobody knew. So the British cabinet decided not to notify Icelandic authorities ahead of their arrival and instead jumped straight on like, to an actual invasion. Uh, the reason was that despite unofficially lean, leaning towards Britain in the war, the Icelandic government would likely reject any suggestion of multi-protection as they already had due to their neutrality, right? So it said if they had first been given an opportunity to reject the Brits, the forthcoming invasion might be met with uh, some more hostility. Plus, if word got out, Germany had their northern fleet in Norway and could get there faster. So only two people in Reykjavik uh, could be certain about the nationality of the approaching ships. And they were the British consul, because he had a radio telegram telling them that was going to happen. And the German consul, because, well, process of elimination, he knew it wasn't his ships. Yeah. The German consul was a guy called Gerlach. Uh, Ian had long since sensed that the Icelandic public, as well as Icelandic politicians, favoured the British in the war. Um, He even said, Iceland is a British country under a Danish crown. Um, (laughs) Yeah. In in documents uh, intended to burn before the British forces arrived, he said, "Bring the f- bring the fl- uh, files, light the boiler." He'd ordered, realizing that no one at the residence knew how to write, light a coal heater. So we actually went and arrested this guy. You'll see in a bit, but yeah, nobody knew how. So at this point, we're coming over. The crowd in the harbour is now bigger. Yeah, watching people's... these four ships come in. Yeah. Um, they became a lot less anxious uh, because they realised that the flags on the ship were British. Um, the British consul arrived with a suitcase and tow, a clear indicator of the nationality of the incoming troops. Yeah. So because, right. of British, the, because the one British guy in Iceland turned up with his suitcase, they were like, ah, oh, must be the Brits. <laughs> well, yeah, he's not going to go and do business with the Germans, is he? <laughs> Uh, the Britain was hoping for a peaceful operation, though the mariners were ordered to load their guns just in case. But as the ship got closer, the crowd was easy to read. Everybody was standing completely still, even the police. I also read, again, another account, when they saw these things coming in, you know how the police and the taxi drivers were on drunk admission? Yeah. Apparently, I read one thing that said this, they sent a policeman on a bicycle to see if he could see anything any clearer and work out where, like whose ships were and what they were doing. Why not? He'll probably get. He'll they probably were, get through the streets faster than the taxis no, and police no, no. cars. They were in the harbour. How is he going to get any closer to them on a bicycle than anyone else standing on the harbour? Maybe they deployed <laughs> them before they arrived at the harbour. Fuck knows. Maybe they thought that if he would cycled up a mountain, he would get a clearer view. <laughs> yeah, but then he's further away. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, the consul, according to witnesses, tapped the shoulder of a policeman standing in the middle of the crowd and politely asked, would you mind getting the crowd to stand back a little bit so the soldiers can get off the destroyer? The policeman, <laughs> whose job description likely did not require him to help foreign invaders, just nodded and went, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> the most British polite... Excuse me, can you just move the crowd back so the soldiers can get off the destroyer <laughs> yeah. that's coming to your shores? 
Again, this invasion, as you can see, is getting more and more British. So at 6am, the 1st Regiment of Soldiers stood lying in the harbour at ease. A noticeably drunk man walked through the crowd and raised his fist, shaking it in the direction of one soldier. Well, that happened, another man simultaneously ashed his cigarette into the barrel of a rifle and then said, you should be more careful with that, and then wandered off. <laughs> the subsequent soldier got told off by Superior. That's not his fault. It will be the whole Queen's God thing where if they interfere with you, you're allowed to beat the living shit out of them. Anyway, that was the resistance. Yeah, it sounds like very typical resistance. <laughs> One no, drunk I... person raising his fist and another person just casually putting the cigarette out on the barrel of a gun. Yeah, so uh, the British forces were a load of 20-somethings in uniforms uh, that were just kind of the, the, the younger people that when you weren't the, really up for a fight. The would uh, be in the conscripts, basically. The yeah, conscripts and stuff. one unit set up a roadblock at the city's only exit to make sure German residents wouldn't attempt an escape. Another one further from town under orders to occupy every flat piece of ground, anything that could be used as a potential strip for the Germans. Uh, which is an ambitious right. task because the whole of the south of Iceland is flat. Yeah, I'm about to say, <laughs> Iceland's famous for having an entire flat fucking country in some parts. Also, I love the fact that they blocked the one road so the German people could not escape. Surely if the Germans wanted to, they could find somewhere other than the one singular road to get them to escape. Well, yeah, block the road. Well, Occupy the entire south of the country. And peaceful occupa- peaceful occupation and most peaceful invasion in the world. Nah, you're still not allowed to leave. <laughs> uh, right, are you ready? Because this gets even more British. Please tell... Oh, come Cause on. Because so far, everything's went wrong. So yeah, far, we're, we're, we've arrived in the light, we've woke everybody up, we've drawn a crowd, we've arrived on a public holiday, everybody's pissed, we've asked politely if we can be let off the destroyer, we've sent a, load, a unit of soldiers to occupy any flat bit of land, which is basically the entire south part of the country, and as you pointed out, blocked one, uh, like, road blocked one way out, which is fair enough, but they might just wander out. But anyway, we'll gloss mm-hmm. over that, because Commander R.G. Sturges, right, right British commander, uh, issued a statement via a flyer. So he started handing out flyers. <laughs> Apologising really? sincerely for the inconvenience. The goal, he said, was not to invade, but to save Iceland from the fate that Denmark and Norway have suffered. So he basically went round handing out flyers that went, well, we're sorry about this, but we are invading you for your own good. We apologise, but we are occupying you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's to help you. Uh, the British manner of polite but firm very much characterised the entire operation. While seizing telecommunications, the soldiers made sure to knock before they broke down any doors. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of breaking down the doors and knock, knock, <laughs> bang? <laughs> I think we're knocked because we did like sweeps and stuff. I think we're knocked on any buildings, and if they didn't answer, we'll just kick the door in. But yeah, uh, the building's janitor for the radio telecommunication tower. Uh, was then showered with apologies and, pro- and a promise to pay for the damages. So we essentially kicked the, the door in. The giant, I was like, what the fuck? And we're like, we're really sorry, we'll pay for that. Just let us pass. <laughs> we're sorry, we're just doing our job. We'll pay for the door. Just let we do our job. Uh, yeah, so uh... Gerlach, meanwhile, so this is the guy who's got the German consul. Yeah. Yeah was not keeping her cool. The British forces had arrived at the local Nazis' neat cream-coloured house set behind the mowed lawn. They stood outside dangling cuffs. So we basically turned up with his door, knocked on his door and went, come on, just dangling handcuffs. Yep. Come on, let's go. What was it? <laughs> Literally just, come on then, come on. Yeah. Uh, Gerlach tried to stall them by yelling through the door, you can't come in here, Iceland is a neutral nation. Obviously not now. Right. A British officer on the other side of the door replied in deadpan Oxford English. You mean like neutral like Denmark? I mean like deadpan. <laughs> well, sir, unfortunately, no. You mean neutral like Denmark? 
suddenly a soldier noticed smoke coming out the back window and forces rushed inside. Gerlach's wife and daughter were burning the classified documents in the upstairs bathroom, still in their pyjamas. A mariner grabbed a bedsheet and stifled the fire. Fearing the house had booby traps, the Brits then forced Gerlach to walk first into every room and then onto a ship bound for London. He was extradited in a prisoner swap months later and continued to serve the SS station in Paris. So... Right, amongst... hold, hold on, hold on. So, while politely knocking and just going in any building, also bashing down a door, politely apologising and offering to pay for the damages, the one thing, the one time that we encounter an actual German, we get him to walk into any room first, just in case he's bo- booby-trapped it, so that he blows up first, in which case, <laughs> problem solved either way, either the German blows up uh, or there's no trap. Yeah, either way, you're not, you're not losing a man, are you? Uh, and amongst his personal effects and the documents he was trying to destroy were signed pictures of Himmler and Hermann Göring, the supreme commander of the Luftwaffe. Uh, these were found in the family's possession, as well as two paintings of Hitler and a portrait statue surrounded by candles. A very strange scene, one British officer wrote in his journal. Like a fucking shrine? <laughs> yeah. So do you yeah, think that... he, do, you, do you think he had had a seance the night before and realised Hitler was going to die, so it was a shrine funeral? I don't know, but is this the most British invasion ever? I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's other British invasions where we've just turned up and went, excuse me, can I have this land? No? Okay, it's mine anyway. No, that was colonialism. They weren't invasions, they were gaining territories. They were helping people by uh, advancing their technologies and civilising them. Giving them civilization. Well, well, helping the Qing dynasty by by helping them grow lots of opium that they were clearly addicted to. Not at all, because we start growing it and then sell it back to them. Yes. <laughs> it was their fault. They were addicted to it when we got there. <laughs> yep, sounds fine. It was a Twing Dynasty, wasn't it? I believe it was. I think it was, yeah. Maybe historically inaccurate there. I'm sure someone will let me know. It's, it's how I got all the... Um, it It's... I feel like it's a form of chemical warfare before chemical warfare was actually a thing. Well, we didn't, we weren't, yeah, I don't know, I did. It's it's, it's like America's draw, war on drugs. It's basically pointless, there was no war on drugs, they created the problem and then solved it by creating the problem and then solving it to make it look good. If you want to have a British, uh, what else have you got to talk about? If you want to have a British, I've got lots of British things. Well, I've got. Uh, well, to be, I can go with the nighttime thing, which is just the interesting thought of nighttime is the natural state of the universe. The only reason we have daytime, so the only reason that whole thing fucked up so badly, is because there's a radiating ball of flame that we circle around. Star. A radiating ball of flame. That the only reason that we were so bad at invading Iceland is because we're too close to the nearest star. I'm saying the only reason we were so <laughs> bad at invading Iceland and the only reason we have a sun, like daylight at all, is because our planet is circling a massive gigantic ball of fire. Which just isn't natural in the universe if you look at the density of the universe. No. Well,. Yeah, it, it is natural in the universe. There it are it is stars. natural, but the 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 majority of space and universe yeah, is just, just empty expanse. Yeah, I get you. So we have an artificial uh, environment. Well, it's, not, uh, it's not artificial, it's natural. It's natural, but it's, it's so artificial in the sense of if we were anywhere else... Like, positioned just about anywhere else in the universe. Like, all we need to do is be positioned a little bit further away and we don't have daytime. Yeah, so it's delicate, is what we say. It's a delicate balance. It's a highly delicate balance. Anyway, where were you going with that? Honestly, no fucking idea. I just found it interesting that we... The only reason we have daytime is we are going around a ball of flame and it just sort of came into my head earlier the other day. And the fact that that ball of flame will eventually either explode, implode, or just fuck off. So if it explodes or implodes, there'll be an emergency. 
If it explodes or implodes, there'll be an emergency. If it just suddenly loses its fire one day and just crumbles into a giant ball ball of rock like the moon, but ten times larger, then there'll be an emergency as well, because the whole ecosystem of Earth will be fucked. So, if there's an emergency, you'd need emergency numbers. Now, I know that we've talked a little bit about emergency numbers before, because you found some ridiculous ones in the past. Yeah, in the but past. I found an even better one. <laughs> so, What's nearly everywhere, there are numbers for... Well, everywhere there's numbers. So, for example, I've got some countries here. So, in South America, there's Argentina, you'd just phone 911. In Bolivia, you'd phone 911. In Brazil, you'd phone 190 for right. the police. You'd phone 192 for the ambulance, 193 for the fire brigade. So in some areas, you can choose what number. Uh, it's yeah. worth noting that in almost all European countries, including the UK, if you phone uh, 112 and you're on a, a, what do you call it, like a payphone on the side of the, or like a phone box, or yeah. if you're on a GSM-enabled mobile, which almost all mobiles are now, it will redirect to the local. So you won't, it's not like phone, like if we phone 999, we'd phone the British police. It's no good for in France. But if you don't know their emergency numbers, you can phone 112. But that's not the case everywhere. But there's also, I found some quite interesting ones. So there's a lot of, so in Brazil, you can phone the police, the ambulance or the fire brigade. But you can also phone the federal highway police on 191. Right. Or just the federal police on 194. Right. Or the civil so, police on 197. So you've got all the different factions of police. Or the state highway police on 198. Why would you need such specific sections of the police force? Or the municipal guard on 153. Or the civil defence on 199. Or you can phone the human rights officer on 100. Or if you're in the Mercosul area, you can phone an emergency 128. Or 112. Or 911, which direct both to them. Or 190 on mobile phones. Or you can phone 188 for hotline help if you forget any of them numbers. Of course, because you wouldn't just phone what? the general police line and say, can I have this, please? If you go to Brazil, emergency numbers you need to realise, that's, that's Brazil. That's all Brazil. And England, you've just got 999 and 111. Well... I'll get to that in a minute, but in Chile, Chile's interesting. So you've got one, one, three, three, one, three, one, and one, three, two. But the way it works is, is there's a mnemonic here to remember it. So it's A, B, C, one, two, three. So right. it's one, three, and then a number either one, two, or three. So A is ambulancia. So for ambulance, you would phone one, three, one. Yeah. Uh, B is bomberos, which is the fire department. So you'd phone one, three, two. So A is 1, B is 2, C, Carabineros, which is the police, is 1, 3, 3. Right. I've, I've got an issue with this immediately. Yeah. And it might be the same issue as why you're smiling, I'm not sure. But if anybody grew up with the old Nokia phones and stuff, where when you would text you would sp- to get a C, you would spam the 1, 3 times. That me- that In my brain, as you were saying that, if I needed to phone the police, my brain would go 1, 3, 1, 1, 1. No, you know one three three. Oh, because it's it's one, but it's <laughs> one three times. Because C was still the number one. You just hit it three times, but it was still number one. So it would just be one three one one one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or just uh, one three one. <laughs> well, what about see? I'm going through some specialized numbers here. So Colombia's got your phone one two three. It's like phone nine 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 here. You get. Through uh, whatever you need, yeah. What do you need, kind of thing? You yeah? just get everything, and there's a there's a uh, 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 yeah. what you might call it. Uh, a my, controller, brain went, uh, my brain went dispatcher. call girl. My brain went call girl. <laughs> it's not the same thing. <laughs> it's because it's because the dispatchers were always women in the war. So yeah, so you can you can phone the police on one one two, the fire brigade on one one nine, or the ambulance on one two five. But you can't just phone one two three and ask whatever one you want. Yeah. Or you can phone 165. Do you want to guess what 165 is? Is 165 just general, I don't have an emergency, I'm just curious about something? No. Okay. Is it something stupid like your local library? It's... I feel like in this country, so in Colombia, it makes sense to have this, but it's really strange that you just have general emergency, 
specifically police, ambulance, or fire, and then just this. Because I would have, I would have thought that if you just phoned the police, it would cover this. Right. Okay. Is it like a drug raid or something? It's. It can be linked to drugs. Uh, as, a, as a tourist. Oh, as a, 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 a phone line to get drugs? <laughs> yeah, Kyle. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know, man. Uh, is it a phone line to, that'll tell you like where to avoid, like which areas to avoid where there's a raid going um, or something? No, but you, you're going down the right. It's the danger of the country. I'm sure, the, I think I've seen I think I've seen this somewhere before where or like you've told us about this before but I couldn't remember it fully but yeah it's like all the dangerous spots of the country like avoid this area avoid that area yeah, it's it's not but it's along the lines of it could happen in dangerous areas uh, and yeah. especially if you're a tourist because I think you've got money yep, it's an cause... anti kidnapping hotline okay one <laughs> like. <laughs> What's it going to tell you? Two, surely an anti-kidnapping hotline. By the time you're kidnapped, your phone's already been taken off you, so it's useless. So it's a preemptive measure. In which case, what are they going to tell you? Like, the normal travel advice you get from airports and stuff, where it's like, don't flash your watch constantly, put all your valuables in a safe place. <laughs> don't, be a knob, don't be a knobhead walking around in a bright white suit emblazoned with Svartsky diamonds with a diamond Rolex on your wrist going around a poor country going, yeah, look at me, I've got money, and then be surprised when you get the living fucking shit kicked over you and everything stolen. So they're the strange ones in South America. We do have one for, um, uh, well, this is the North American region, so the United States, not really any strange ones really, but... um, in certain areas, if you phone hash seven seven from a mobile phone, you can get put through the local highway patrol. Depends what state you're in. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, Why would you phone the local highway patrol? Surely that's what everybody wants to avoid because they're uh, the ones that give you speeding tickets and shit. Well, yeah, but uh, well, I don't know if you see someone speed. But Mexico, Mexico, you phone nine one one in an emergency. Yeah? yeah, or you can make an anonymous complaint with a wait nine. So you can either phone them and they'll record your emergency and you can have an emergency or you can be an annoying neighbour and put in a noise complaint. Basically in Mexico, the two numbers you need to know for if you're travelling there is if you've got an emergency or you want to grass on someone. Fair do. Uh, yeah, most of uh, the, the world is like 911 or 999. The British Virgin Islands either work. Antigua and Barbuda either work. You can phone 122 on most mobiles. Um, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, you can phone either 999 or 911 or 112 on any phone and it'll get you the dispatcher. So go to St. Vincent and the Grenadines because it doesn't matter what your phone, you'll get someone. <laughs> yeah, just phone three random numbers. You'll get through to something. And then Trinidad and Tobago is interesting because if you want the police, right... You can yeah. phone 999 or 911, but that will only get you the police because the ambulance is 811 and the fire brigade's 990. I was half de- I was half <laughs> expecting you to go 991-881-771. That would have made sense. No. So Central America's pretty normal. Oceania. Uh, Australia. Well, Australia's an interesting one. Oh, anyway. So oh, it's just zero, zero, zero. Or you can phone one, one, two, one on your phone, right? Yeah. Or you can phone the state emergency service on one, three, two, five hundred. Yeah. The national relay service on one, oh, six. Yeah. The non emergency police, so it's like our one, one, one on one, three, one. Yep. Right. There's a crime stop as a number, which is fair enough. Yep. Right. But you can also, there's three here that are really interesting. So there's a, one of the emergency numbers you have to know if you visit Australia is, oh, uh, sorry, 1-800-123-400. And that's threats to national security. Of course, like any Australian <laughs> has ever phoned that number fucking ever, seriously. I feel like this okay. is definitely important in Australia, actually. The next one. I've, is the next one you see i've got family that lives in australia and i know that they've got a, they they've got a helpline which is legitimately just 
come and get this fucking spider or snake or whatever. It's like wildlife conser- con- conservation type um, thing of like basically pest control saying, come and get this thing out of my house. I don't know, but there is poison control and it's 13, 11, 26. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and there's also lifeline. It's, it's get this snake, get this spider, get this whatever poisonous beast out of my area. <laughs> oh, okay. So there's also, it just says lifeline. And it's 131114. And I was like, what the fuck's Lifeline? So I clicked on it. It's a non-profit organization that provides free 24 telephone crisis support. So it's like a mental health suicide hotline. Yeah. But it's 24 hours and it's non-profit. So that's actually really good. Yeah, because Australia actually gives a shit. Have you ever seen an Australian who looks like he doesn't care about something? Australians care about everything and nothing at the same time. It's fucking amazing. Austria is very Austrian. So you can phone the police on 112 or 133. You can phone the ambulance on 144 or the fire brigade on 122. Or you can report a gas emergency on 128. I, I feel like that's been in place since Hitler now. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Not that kind of gas emergency. <laughs> uh, hello? Hello? Uh, operator? Yeah. Uh, yep. Someone, he's back. Uh, mountain Rescue, 140. Or the doctors on 141, or the crisis hotline on 142. Support for children and teens is 147, and it's got the non-emergency police. Um, if you're deaf and you need a fax or SMS, you can phone 0800-133-133. Or they Why don't do have they a... always give the deaf people such long numbers? I don't know. They don't have a poison hotline, but they do have a poisoning information centre. Which makes it sound like it's where you get advice on how to poison someone. It, uh, I mean, I've, I'm assuming it's what to do if you get poisoned or if you get bitten by something. But, but like, surely you would just call an ambulance and not a poison helpline. Like that that almost sounds British to the point that they've set up a helpline because you don't want to bother the ambulance pe- people. So you're like, yes, but I'm. Hello, I don't want to be a bother, but I've been bitten by a poisonous snake. Can you tell me how to deal with it myself? I, I don't want to put anybody <laughs> out of any sort of trouble, thank you. Azerbaijan has a gas service. Not gas emergency, gas service. Hello, I need some gas. 104, quick, get it here. Do they have a lot of issues with their gas lines I, I and stuff? I don't think so. But then again, Belgium. Belgium has the 112 for the mer- all the emergencies. And then it has non-emergency number for the fire department. Most people have, like, non-emergency police numbers. I'm, I'm assuming the non-emergency for the fire department might be for things like, oh, my cat's stuck in a tree, or, like, can yeah, you come and true. do this when you've got time? Like, things that normal fire services have to deal with just on the emergency line, and it, it pisses them off. I feel like having a non-emergency line for fire service for stupid shit like that would actually be useful and you and it would be the sort of thing if you can phone them up and book um like demonstrations and all that sort of stuff or like oh i've set a bin on fire can you come and put it out but don't worry it's like bonfire night so there's no hurry or something yeah uh france has a hotline for beating children on 199 119 sorry and missing children on 16000 did you just say beaten children yeah, there's one. It depends on if they're beaten or missing. Because if the how if bad beaten... is how bad <laughs> is child abuse in France for there to be two separate numbers for that? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, I don't. Finland has a poison control and a maritime rescue. They're the only other two emergency numbers. I mean, I understand maritime rescue. I understand poison control in countries where there's po- where there's poisonous animals and stuff. I don't understand a help a line for beaten children that isn't just fucking nine 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 police come here now. Cyprus nine 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 emergency. Then it's got poison control, air and sea rescue. Then if you phone fourteen ten, it's anti drug support. Maybe it's for, like, if you've come out of rehab and you really need some pep talks of why not to take drugs again. What? Germany. Germany's very German, so you phone 110 if you want the police 112 for everything else. Right? 
So <laughs> one ten for the police, one twelve for the fire brigade and rescue services. It says, due to EU Directive one one two also works for the police. Nine one one directs to one one two on telephones used in United States Air Force bases. Uh, rescue service additionally uh, is one nine two two two. It's the mul- so the Germans went. We have a police line. Why do we need anything else? Ah, oh, new legislation. We shall make we shall make one line for everything. Oh, we need yeah, but, another line. Okay, add three tools to the end. Yeah, but also it's rescue service additionally. So if you just need the policeman to come and help you, you just phone one ten. But if you need them to come and rescue you, you've got to phone one nine two two two. One one six is more like breaking down type thing. What one one six one one seven is non-emergency medical on call Non-emergency medical on call. What? On call duty. So it must be like a doctor on call, but only for non-medical emergencies. Non-emergencies. Yeah. Then why would you call a doctor that's on call for a non-medical emergency when you can just call a doctor? I don't know, but there is an appointment. Emergency number for Germany one one six one one six is debit and credit card locking call. Why? Just phone your bank and tell them. Why do you need a number for that? Do people lose their bank cards a lot? One one five administration emergency call. Oh no, I've lost some documents. Help! No, that is the most German thing in the world. <laughs> we are highly efficient. We are an emergency papers? number for the papers that have gone missing. Where are your papers? Call one one five. Yeah. Right. So, Kyle, you phoned the police and they're not interested in your emergency. Yeah. Right, on 110. So then you phone, uh, where is it? 19222 for rescue service additionally. And they're still not interested. So then you can phone 800-190-9999, which is the military police. <laughs> Why is that available to the public? <laughs> Why is... <laughs> who, who, in Germany's, who in Germany's going, right, no... I don't need the police, I need the military. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's... And you can also phone the railway police on 0800-688-8000. Why is there a railway police? <laughs> I don't know. In Greece, there's tourist police. <laughs> what, specifically for... Oh, no, there's a, tu- there's a tourist being an arsehole. There tourist is. Tourist police, come and deal with them. There is police on 100, and there is tourist police on 171. <laughs> so do they, just, do they have two separate laws for someone as native and the <laughs> tourist police? Like, I feel like a lot of people got annoyed with tourists at one point and just ended up making that number just so they could have someone come over and show people away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Netherlands is another weird one. They've got all kinds of non-emergency, emergency calls, uh, suicide prevention hotline, child abuse hotline. There is a animal emergency, so basically an emergency vet, and there is also an anti-bullying hotline. Again, good numbers, but a bit random. I would have good. thought like any kind of, I don't know, hotline would cover that. but Yeah... In Serbia, you can phone 1985 for civil protection. And in Slovenia, you can phone 1987 for road help. Oh, so instead of just phoning a recovery van or something, you would just go, yeah, okay, phone that. Are you ready? Switzerland, because Switzerland are, are another very anal, brilliant country. So yeah. poison controls one four five road help eight hundred one forty one forty psychological support one four three psychological support for teens and children one four seven Riga Air Rescue Service right is one four one four or you can hit one six one dot three oh oh megahertz for Air Glaciers Rescue Service if you're in Valley only. So you can use your radio to tune into a frequency to call for help. That's brilliant. Is that specifically for truckers or something? No, no, it'd be like people lost in mountains, dude. Uh, and then what? A, what? A, the United Kingdom. Uh, yeah. You've got the non-emergency police, the one hundred and one, emergency non-emergency health issues, one one one. 
COVID-19 testing hotline is 119. Gas leaks, there is a number 0800 111 uh, Power outages, 105. I didn't know that. Uh, but there's also SMS messages can be sent to 999 after registration by sending test text message with the word register to 999. So you have to so register first. You can text the word register to 999 and then from then on you can just text them when you've got an emergency. I didn't know. Why did I not know that? That sounds like such a good thing for us. It sounds like such a British thing. It's an emergency. Quick, text the police. What if they just don't read it? Yeah. <laughs> what, just like us? If yeah. anybody comes with us. If anybody did that to me, it would be four hours before they got help. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. But, but anyway, I need to go to... I'm going to skip through some here. So, Chad is what I wanted. Why because Chad? I found the country of Chad. Because Chad is a wonderful country. So, in Chad, if you have an emergency and you need the police force... You dial 17. Right? Just 17. Just 17. Right. Right. If you have an emergency and you need the fire brigade, you dial 18. Right. So if you've so that's the police and that's the fire, 17 and 18. So what if you need uh the basically the emergency like paramedics, ambulances? Right. So it's an emergency. You need an ambulance quick. What do you think you dial? I want to say something ridiculously stupid, like a full phone number. Yep, two two five one four two four two. Yeah, of course. Quick, I'm dying phone. Or you can phone. The good news is that you can phone directly for an ambulance, not just phone like the hospital hotline. You can phone for it directly for an ambulance in particular. That's two two five one one two three seven. Okay. So, in Chad, you, if you need the police, you're fine. If something's on fire, you're fine. But if you die and you're fucked. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> I just... It's... it's Gambia, water emergency, 125. Isn't, isn't Gambia in Africa? Yeah, it is in Africa. Isn't it a really hot, dry place? Yeah. Yeah, I would, uh, yeah, I would think so, yeah. I mean... Morocco, right? Police, 19. Ambulance or Fire Brigade, 15. Royal Grande Marie, 177. Drugs and Alcohol Service, 113. Racial Discrimination Hotline, 114. Okay. And, and then Namibia. Namibia is a nightmare. If you need the police in Namibia, you phone 10111. But if you need the Fire Brigade or the, or the, the uh, ambulance... It depends completely on what town or city you are. So it doesn't even tell you here. It just says depending on town or city. But you have to find out yourself. Yeah, and if you go to a different town for the day, you're fucked. I just... Togo's another one. 117 for the police. 118 for the fire. 8200 for the ambulance. I mean, it's not as bad as Chad, but... You're going to die, but you're going to suffer a bit. Really? I just think... I just found loads of weird... Um, yeah. Weirdness. <laughs> yeah, fair uh, I need to teach you about the servants of Wank, but I think I'll save it till Jay's back, because it'll break them. Yeah, I, th- I think the servants of Wank needs to be one for next time, honestly. I think we're <laughs> going to leave it with all those horrible emergency numbers. Everybody's going to be sitting there at home going, what the fuck do I call now? Do you know you can fart through your mouth? Isn't that called a burp? No, like your actual fart. So if you hold in a fart for too long, you breathe it out. Really? Yeah. So it's to do with the way it reabsorbs back into your body. So if you hold it in, it reabsorbs back into your bloodstream, which then obviously comes to your lungs where it's transitioned into the air and then you breathe it out. So your body needs to get rid of the gas if you won't let yourself fart because it Maybe you're in a social situation and you hold it too long. Obviously, sometimes you can get really bad stomach cramps and then you have to fart, but yeah, you can breathe it out. I always thought due to 
what you were expelling, it couldn't be absorbed back into your body, or if it was expelled through like your breath or something, it was a medical emergency and you need to go and see a doctor because something's wrong? No, so there's a lot of like uh, methane in it, which really isn't good, and there'll be carbon dioxide in there, which isn't good for your bloodstream, but you can get rid of it. But what I want so how comes it doesn't smell like farts? Yeah, why hasn't humanity evolved so that you just don't need to fart if you can do that? There you go. There's a question for us <laughs> to end on. Humanity evolved already, so we don't actually need to fucking fart. I don't, yeah, well, everyone needs to fart. Trees fart. So, why doesn't it smell? Question to end on. Someone contact Jay and just randomly say, yes. this is why mouth farts don't smell. It must be just sulfur. Out it, of must the be, blue. it must be somehow lacking sulfur, because it isn't sulfur that gives it the bad smell. I'm sure it is, but. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, but everyone needs to fart. Trees fart, but I'll explain that next week. Yeah. So, farting and wank next week. <laughs> oh, yeah, I need, to t- I need to tell you about the servants of wank. Okay, so, fun <laughs> next week planned. <laughs> don't, f- don't forget to tune in for that bullshittery, living up to our name Excuse as me. per usual. It is bullshittery. Mr. I'm bringing Mr. science time to this podcast. Mr. Time for a quaff tide, whatever the fuck that is. It, it, it is a quaff tide, young sir, and that is a 16th century word that quaff isn't tea. used anymore, which means time for a drink, alcoholic beverage, happy hour, basically. Well, I shall see you <laughs> over tomorrow for a quaff tide, hopefully. Good. And uh, I will see all of you, beautiful listeners, or uh, you will hear next week so thank you very much for watching thank you very much for listening don't forget to follow all on the socials i'm not going to make her read out you can have a week off yeah I, honestly, record last week. i've started getting a headache honestly so i'm not even gonna bother <laughs> but thank you very much we've got facebook twitter tiktok all that sort of normal usual shit go find her you should know by now. This is season three, episode four. You should know where to fucking find her by now, honestly. I, and if don't you know. don't, shame on you. Most of the time, I get lost on the way here. True. <laughs> and our website is being worked on. There's news incoming of that yeah. stuff. Apparently, it's supposed to be up and running soon. Yeah, it's currently down, but it's only because there's big changes coming to it. So yes. look out for that. We didn't at all let a hamster loose in the cabling. That may have happened. May have been a factor. Maybe. <laughs> I, to- I told Dad to keep an eye on her. Well, he doesn't even keep an eye on himself. No, to be <laughs> fair, he walks he walks around the house with that on his arm like a bloody parrot half the time, so you know. Well, I had a fucking cat on my arm before. Yep. <laughs> I need an animal for my arm. I want, I want a snake that just coils around. Well, actually, if it goes... It's, it's, head out. Your dad started with a hamster, then I've got a cat. You need something bigger, like a... Puma. I don't. I don't want a dog, <laughs> so it would just have to be a bigger cat. <laughs> Great Dane. <laughs> Great Dane on my arm. Just oh, that's my arm broken. All right. Anyway, we need to say goodbye because we're both yeah. tired of talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is that this whole podcast? Yeah. Oh, uh, thank you for listening. Yeah. See you next week. B- bye. Bye. <laughs>